Hello, I'm your host, Mr. Chuck, a retired accountant turned truck driver. I reduced my debt in a relatively short period of time. Debt reduction to achieve financial freedom takes commitment, confidence, determination. Inflation. What causes inflation and how to reduce inflation on a personal budget? Knowing the causes of inflation will help in dealing with this problem. It's not a short-term problem, but will be a long-term problem. For the younger generations that don't remember the late 70s and the 80s when inflation was very high, for an example, the mortgage rate that I got, which was a fairly good deal at the time, and this was in the late 80s, mid 80s, was 12 and a quarter percent on my mortgage. So what happens when the rates are so high? Well, the prices of houses don't accelerate, raise as fast because nobody can afford to buy them. The selling price stays low because the difference has got to be made up in the additional cost of borrowing money. But on the other hand, your savings account was paying 16, 17, 18% interest per year. So what's the difference? Why back in the 70s and 80s, mortgage rates were very high? But yet savings rates were very high. In fact, you could put money in your bank savings account and make more money on interest than you could investing in the stock market at that time. I believe that was true. I didn't have any money. So my problem was trying to borrow money because the rate of interest was so high, it made borrowing very difficult. So let's first start out is what is inflation? And I have in my show notes a link to an article which I'm referring to. It's investopedia.com terms inflation. Inflation is the decline of purchasing power of a given currency over time. A quantitative estimate of the rate at which the decline in purchasing power occurs can be reflected in the increase of an average price level of a basket of selected goods and services in an economy over some period of time. The raise in the general level of prices, often expressed as a percentage, means that the unit of currency effectively buys less than it did in prior periods. Inflation can be contrasted with deflation, which occurs when the purchasing power of money increases and prices decline, which that's what we've been seeing over the last five to 10 years. Understanding inflation. While it's easy to measure the price change of individual products over time, human needs extend beyond one or two such products. Individuals need a big and diverse set of products as well as a host of services for living a comfortable life. They include commodities like food, grains, metal, fuel, utilities like electricity and transportation, and services like healthcare, entertainment, and labor. 
Inflation aims to measure the overall impact of price change for a diversified set of products and services and allows for a single value representative of the increase in the price level of goods and services in an economy over a period of time. As currency loses value, prices raise and buy and it buys fewer goods and services. This loss of purchasing power impacts the general cost of living for the common public, which ultimately leads to a deceleration in economic growth. So let's go over that for a little bit. Inflation is just a measure of the rate prices on goods and services are increasing. And the definition of which uh, goods or services, the government that measures the inflation has changed that from the 80s to currently. So it's not exactly the same. So that's why if we were measuring the same goods and services they did in the 70s and 80s, our current inflation rate would probably most likely be much higher from what I understand. I don't know for sure, but that's what I understand. Causes of inflation. An increase in the supply of money is the root of inflation. Although this can play out throughout different mechanisms in the economy, money supply can be increased by the monetary authorities either by printing and giving away more money to individuals by illegally devaluing or reducing the value of legal tenor currency, more most commonly by loaning new money into existence as a reserve account credits through the banking system by purchasing government bonds from banks on the secondary market. And that's what's happened. We had a pandemic and the government thought it was best to shut down almost all the businesses, but the big box stores, why the difference? I don't know. We're not here to be a political. I'm just trying to explain the causes of inflation. That's it. The government spent trillions of dollars and they, some of that money went to individuals and we got money in our bank accounts and we had that to spend. A lot of individuals were unemployed at the time and they also received unemployment benefits. Even those who never qualified for unemployment benefits in the past, now qualified, and that would be self-employed people. So the money continued to be pumped into the economy. Everybody had money, and they were spending it. So there was a lot of money going after a few goods because companies were shutting down, they couldn't continue their manufacturing process because employees were getting sick. In order to try to slow that down, they would basically shut down for two or three weeks. And then it was a slow startup after that. So now we have a shortage of goods along with an oversupply of money. So we have too much money trying to purchase too few goods. What happens? The price of those goods increase. Then once the pandemic starting to ease up some and companies tried to restart, they had trouble getting employees. 
maybe because employees didn't want to come back, they didn't feel safe, whatever that was, they had trouble getting people to come back and work, which supply slowed down the startup process, which then create a larger deficiency in supplies worldwide. In order to get people to start back to work or come back to work, they increase what they were paying. So that is another cause of inflation. And let's talk about the three different types of inflation. Demand pull effect. Demand pull inflation occurs when an increase in the supply of money and credit stimulates overall demand for goods and service in the economy to increase more rapidly than the economy's production capacity. This increased demand and leads to price increases, raises. So when we got more demand, which is what we had coming out of the pandemic, less supply, which is the same thing we had, that was one effect that causes inflation, demand pull effect. Also, the government spent trillions of dollars for different programs. So you had the government out there buying up the same products that individuals were trying to buy. So the government helped create a larger shortage, and especially in the housing and building industry. When the government came out and spent trillions of dollars for road and infrastructure approval, they were competing against everybody else for the same items. And that also increased the prices. That's why the cost of lumber skyrocket, the price of concrete, asphalt, masonry, you know, electrical wire, everything went up because you had the government trying to buy the same things as individual and businesses trying to do the same thing. So that was the demand pull effect. That was number one reason. Now we have cost push effect. The cost push inflation is a result of increase in prices working through the production process inputs. When additions to the supply of money and credit are channeled into a commodity or other asset markets, and especially when this is accompanied by a negative economic shock to the supply of key commodities, the cost of all kinds of intermediate goods rises. These development leads to higher costs for the finished product or services and worked away into raising consumer prices. For instance, when the expansion of the money supply creates a speculative boom in oil prices, the cost of energy of all sorts of uses can rise and contribute to raising consumer prices, which is reflected in various measures of inflation. So as the cost of production goes up, they're going to raise the price of their final product that they are producing. So that's the cost push effect. And the third type of inflation, so far we have demand pull, which demand is larger than supply. Then we have the cost of creating the supply, which is the cost push effect. That's raising the price of the final product. And then we have built-in inflation. 
Built-in inflation is related to adaptive expectations. The idea that people expect current inflation rates to continue in the future. As the prices of goods and service rises, workers and others come to expect they will continue to rise in, in the future at a similar rate and demand more costs or wages to maintain their standard of living. Their increased wages result in a higher cost of goods and service, and this wage price spiral continues as one factor induces the other and vice versa. So as the inflation is going on and people say, the workers are saying, I need to make more money because my cost of living is going up and their employers give them a pay raise. And then shortly thereafter, they raise the cost of their product because it's costing them more. And it's a spiral that you cannot get out of. It keeps going on and on and on. So every time the government says these The minimum wage needs to be increased. That's doing the same thing. If you increase the cost of minimum wage, then all the people who hiring those people will then increase the cost of their product. So, and when it's all said and done, those people on minimum wage, whether it's five bucks an hour or $15 an hour are still about in the same situation they were earlier they've had not benefit from the increase of the wages because of inflation which is the built-in inflation so how do we work to offset it well there's not a whole lot you can do to offset the inflation we'll be right back Do you sometimes feel like running circles and getting nowhere? Maybe you want your life to run toward achieving something more significant, but you are not quite sure how or where to start. If it sounds like you, you should definitely check out the Neat Lifestyle podcast. We talk about all aspects of getting organized to build the lifestyle you desire so that you can get started and not feel so confused or alone. Questions like, how do I organize life for success? How do I organize time, home, finances, and projects? All that and more we cover in the show. So, if that sounds like something you would be interested in, click on the show notes and follow the Neat Lifestyle podcast today. But what you need to do is, if you're on a budget, the first thing you should say is get rid of your high interest debt. Pay off as quickly as possible all your credit card debt, all your personal loans, every loan that you're paying more than 10% or 8% of interest on, you need to get rid of them because you're going to need that money to offset the cost, the raising costs of your everyday things that you need to live is get rid of your high interest rate debts. Now, do you pay off all your debt? Well, not really. Now, let's talk about savings. We all need to have an emergency fund. We should have at least three to six months of money in a a savings account that we can access fairly quickly if we would need it. The problem is at your local bank, they're paying very little rate of interest. 
even if you get a high yield savings account, in this particular instance, I know that my high yield savings account is paying one half of 1%. With inflation being eight or 10%, whatever it is, I don't really know, but I know it's up there. You're losing the value of your money. So every year that goes by, this is say it's 10% and you have about $10,000 in there. 10% of $10,000 is $1,000. So every year that you have that money sitting there, you're going to lose about $1,000 worth of buying power. So your money is going to be uh, worth a whole lot less. There's not much you can do about that. But if you have a two years or three years worth of savings in your savings account, you need to move it someplace else. The only place you can move it to where you can keep up with interest is the stock market. If you're not comfortable with that, you need a financial advisor to start with. You should talk to somebody. You need to learn about it. You need to study it up before you put any money in the stock market. But one way to offset inflation is to have money in the stock market and then you might be able to break even at best or maybe I'll pace it a little bit I don't know so keep the minimum amount that you need in your emergency fund pay off all the debt you have and high interest debt now do you pay off your mortgage maybe you have a mortgage in a line of credit the line of credit you're going to have a higher rate of interest you should work on reducing that line of credit because when you make extra payments, your monthly payment is going to be reduced. So that could help you free up some cash in the future to help you pay for food and gas and things that you need to, uh, to live the necessities of life, the needs but paying off the first mortgage, if you pay extra on it, it doesn't change your monthly payment. And if you have a mortgage rate of, say, less than 4% and interest and inflation is around 8 or 9 or 10%, you don't want to pay it off anyway because over time you can pay it back with what they say is cheaper money. Money is going to be worth less because of devaluation, because of inflation, and you're going to be making more money, hopefully, because you're going to get pay raise to help offset that. So you want to pay back those low rates of interest as slow as possible and eventually pay it off by the time you reach your retirement age. Now, if you're not going to be living in a home and you're planning on selling it in five to ten years, so you don't want to pay it down any quicker. You don't want to pay it off unless you just want to have more cash when you sell it in order to have a bigger down payment. But it's advisable is to just make the monthly payment on that first mortgage and stay current, but don't think extra on it because you it's not going to change your monthly mortgage amount. And the only way to change that would be to refinance it. And if you refinance it, you're going to be paying more in interest, which is going to cost you more, not even considering the cost of the refinancing. 
So just the increase in the interest rate is going to cost you more is what I'm referring to here. So you're better off not doing it and keep the lowest possible mortgage for as long as possible in this situation. Now, in my situation, when inflation was so high, I didn't have any money in savings because I didn't have any money. And I was had a 12 and a quarter percent first mortgage. I was in a hurry to pay it down. And it, because if I could pay a little bit extra every month, I could pay it off a little bit faster and save some interest. And when the interest rates start dropping, I remember they got down under around 8%. I thought, oh my God, I got to refinance. So I refinanced at 8%. Then they kept dropping. And I was like, well, when they get down to 6%, I go, they're not getting any lower. And I refinanced again. <laughs> and it's like, they're not getting any lower. And then there we are down 3%, you know, 3 4%. And it's like, mortgage rates hadn't been that cheap since the 1940s. I remember my parents, when they financed their home in the early 1950s, I think they had a 2 or 3% rate of interest on their 15-year mortgage, something like that. So I'll be back in one moment with my final thoughts. If you want to contact me to request my spreadsheet for the budget or leave a comment or ask a question, you can send it using my email, reduceddebtincreasewealth at gmail.com. Reduce Debt Increase Wealth is altogether no spaces. If you like to ask a question, put question in the subject. If you like to request my monthly budget, put that spreadsheet in the subject matter. If you want to leave a response of any kind, just put comment in the subject matter. I will get back to you as soon as possible. One of the reasons why banks don't want your money and why they're not paying higher rates of interest on savings accounts is because the government gave them much more money. They don't need any more money. They have more money than they know what to do with. Nobody is borrowing. They can't lend it. And they're just flush with cash because the government gave the Federal Reserve gave the banks through a credit and then they print a bunch of money and they gave it all to the banks to try to put more money into circulation and that causes inflation and when they did that the, now the banks don't want to pay they don't need to pay higher rates of interest to get money to loan out because they have more than what they need There's three types of inflation you got the man pull inflation which demand is exceeding supply, so the cost of everything is going up. Then you have the cost push inflation with the cost of all the raw materials is going up, so the cost of the final product goes up. Now I'm talking about raw materials they use to make the product plus the labor used to make the product. You know, this pandemic, this disrupted the global supply chain there's so much money out there i believe that the baby boomers are retiring they just they quit their jobs when they got shut down and they never went back is part of the why of the labor shortages 
because the baby boomers uh, decided, well, I'm, you know, no need to work no more. I'm retired and they just now went back, which is then causing a supply of uh, qualified workers to do that particular specialized job. And then there's the built-in inflation where the price of everything goes up and all the workers expect a pay raise every year and they get a pay raise. So, and then shortly thereafter, the price of everything goes up again. So these aspiring inflation. But this time we have the government helping us out a little bit more by spending so much money and trying competing with private enterprises for the same goods which are in short supply and that's causing inflation so the best thing to do for inflation is pay off uh, all your high interest debt as fast as you can if you have a lot of cash and savings account and you have debt use that cash pay off that debt and free up some money so that you'll have more cash available in the future to pay for your needs try to find some place where you can invest it if you don't have debt and that best place would be the stock market which is currently on a decline but over the long run is one of the better places to go maybe stay away from bonds i don't know you need to talk to a financial advisor about that but understanding inflation and how it's going to affect you is important to know that we have built-in inflation. It's going to happen a little bit every year. But knowing now why the banks are not paying on your savings account because they got too much money. They have, they can't get rid of it, so they don't want any more. So they're not going to pay any high rates of interest on any savings account, which that could change, you know, who knows, fairly quickly. And just, you know, everybody's trying to buy the same thing. And that drives up the price of everything and then the shortages of the raw materials to build those products. It all comes together. So we got all three things that cause inflation going on at the same time. We got the built-in inflation, we got the demand pull inflation, and we got the cost push inflation. I hope that helps you understand more about what is inflation and how it's going to affect your life.